Before we get into it, I must tell you that the audio quality on this one isn't great. But all our guests on today's episode have some very interesting things to say. So I hope you listen in despite it. Also, in the second part of the podcast, I will be speaking to climate activist Disha Ravi. So do stick around for that as well. So today I'm joined here with Priyansha Gupta who is a full-time doctor and part-time climate anxious person. <laughs> she's also a really good friend of mine and we've had these conversations a lot which is why she's here. Say hi Priyansha. Hi. We also have Jashan. She is a environmental policy student. She's also an old friend of mine. Say hi Jashan. Hi. <laughs> and we have Sadika who is a climate change correspondent here at Quint. Hello. So the reason why I have this bunch of people is because we often have these conversations but I thought let's just put a mic and let's record it and talk about it. <laughs> Climate anxiety here we go. <laughs> uh, so we're all in our 20s and we have grown up writing essays and making charts about climate change and global warming and we've we've been very aware of it growing up but I feel like this thing called climate anxiety is something that we're hearing now but I think everybody kind of experiences to some degree. So Priyansha could you tell me what when you say you have climate anxiety what do you mean what do you experience? Um personally it just feels very hard to feel any real hope for the future. Um as in even in my personal life it feels like um why should i work hard why should i get married why should i have children if all of the world is in danger and can end in 50 60 years um and also uh, the having children part i think is uh, very common um a lot of young people including me these days we are actually like considering not having children at all because uh, we don't want our children to face a climate catastrophe or add to it or add to it um so i think that um that's how it manifests for me um it also happens that um it it feels very hard to follow the news also these days um apathy has set in the way that um i feel anxious whenever i read news articles about uh climate change or uh, we have these many years to uh, fight it or we're doomed and stuff like that um so whenever i read articles like this i feel anxious so subconsciously i'm avoiding following the news at all so and that is one way that i'm sort of avoiding enriching my life with information because of this anxiety that i'm feeling and it's also kind of difficult to explain because it doesn't affect us as profoundly as it affects other like the 
it's so disproportionate right like mm, we are massively. so privileged so like when people say oh i feel climate anxiety like us saying people are like but what do you have to feel climate anxiety about cuz you're not seeing but i i believe that's you. the whole i mean we feel climate anxiety because we are alive there are people who are dying of the heat wave because yeah. we are sitting in the ac we know that they're dying and hence we are anxious yeah. so i mean and also it's very real yeah it's it's very real <laughs> so even these mics these lights like all of that is contributing to it right so i mean we can't do away with them and obviously there are luxuries that we don't want to do away with so do you think that apathy comes from um, the guilt also of overconsumption and you don't really want to let go of that and then you don't know how to deal with that kind of i feel it's also i mean this narrative is also manufactured hmm. they want you to feel responsible for what is happening when you actually are not so a lot of you wearing eco-friendly fabric and using a bamboo toothbrush is not really going to make much of a difference and that's the reality so you can't really do much because and it's they've they've shifted the guilt right because it's the massive industries which are causing it but then you will start questioning them so they're like hey but you want us to do something what are you doing about it so then you're like oh let me just go to the H&M conscious line and buy my clothes from there and ultimately it's not making any any difference but yeah I mean coming back to what you were saying do any of you honestly feel like we can do something I mean I think we can do what we can you know what's beyond our control is always going to be that way it doesn't mean that we give up on even trying that's my personal view about it it's why I have like chosen to dedicate my career to it maybe that's why i feel more of a doesn't that absolve of, you of the guilt yeah of, yeah i mean maybe it, it does, just makes you feel better about yourself as a person i guess but at the same time i contribute what i can right it's better than throwing your hands up and already giving up before mm. even trying it helps me assuage the guilt as well but it also maybe uh holds off that ang- wave of anxiety from crashing over me if i feel like i have control over it so i don't feel as hopeless if i can tell myself yes i did my bit yeah but like you have made a career out of it but for the rest of us like a lot of people who feel for um the environment but you know the risk to reward ratio is like so skewed like are you willing to give up everything in life because everything uh, but i think it does matter if your anxiety is coming from the fact that you feel lack of control or like lack of you don't see impact of your actions on what you're doing don't you think you owe it to yourself to at least try like I don't know if that's making sense mm-hmm. but giving up before even trying seems worse than at least trying. True. And if like more of us had that kind of mentality that would eventually transform into collective action. If everyone gave up before trying that would never result in collective but action. But do we have the luxury of like time for that like to wait around for if everyone um you know if everyone thinks this way and eventually we'll all collectively take action do you think we have that no, much time no but i feel that doing so the point is that there are two extremes have you guys seen the good place mm-hmm. on netflix mm-hmm. you remember this one person who did everything right was living growing their own food their own tomatoes recycling everything they were composting all waste like a zero carbon footprint sort of life even they couldn't make it to heaven because 
that's the world that we are living in sabka opportunity cost is such that even if you do everything right there is something that you will do wrong humongously something you are doing is costing somebody else something that's just how complex the world is so then nobody is going to be right anyway so in like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism i get it but i would still say something is better than nothing right mm-hmm. like the figures the kind of figures you're talking about we have become so desensitized to them that should motivate us motivate us to be even more on top of like the small choices that we make every day the ones we have control over to be more vigilant with them that we make the right ones when we can rather than feel letting it get to you in this in the sense of ah oh, what does it matter i'll just pick the worst energy source True. anyway when you can you try to go green right i also actually personal I, right mm. also it's a little personal isn't it i mean like you don't have to fix it you have to deal with your own anxiety at the end of the day because you are going to bed the world is dying irrespective you have to deal with your own mental health so at some point you have to dissociate and then it will be a dissonant lifestyle where you're saying preaching something else and then doing something else and then like you said not giving up on the luxuries you like and still saying oh but the world is dying but i guess eventually it's the journey of accepting that that's how it will be right otherwise you are that is very nihilistic no yeah. but otherwise <laughs> we are all no no i'm not saying let it be i'm saying do what you can you can't fix the world irrespective you yeah. can fix But your anxiety think about that you wanted to say something i actually agree with jashan here where i feel like the apathy or even the anxiety that we feel actually plays into the hands of the big big players here and um a few decades ago their strategy was to uh, tell us that it's not real that climate change is not real let's um let's live the way we're living let's do development with regardless of what's happening and now i think their strategy is to shift the blame from themselves to individuals and say that um it is not uh, everyone has to do their own bit to yeah no like their strategy is to say everyone has to do their own bit um and um um the big players they don't have much responsibility and the apathy comes in when we feel like but if everyone has to do their own bit and only i am doing my own bit then how will this ever fix itself i i think i believe in activism here and i feel like um we can do both we can do small changes in our personal lives while at the same time influencing these big corporations governments the big players here to um make some real change real actions to fight this yeah so like individual action could lead to collective action is what you're saying mm. yeah I, so, and do what you can I just yeah. so wish if policy makers were having this conversation how brilliant that <laughs> yeah. would be you know so wanted to I just wanted to ask as women because all four of us surprisingly on on this podcast are also women we know how women are um, unfairly affected by climate change more than men across is that also do you feel sometimes that your that as women we are more probably perceptive we are I don't know I don't want to say we are uh, more empathetic but probably yeah that we do tend to have more anxiety maybe that is yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a, this is <laughs> one more anxiety to add yeah, to it we're just looking for more reasons to be anxious <laughs> to be anxious no, but you feel as women we are probably more sensitive to 
the fact that the world is I burning think, i think someone who has experienced injustice is more likely to notice injustice in the world around them and very articulate um as women we have felt sexism in our own lives and so it's easier for us to notice more forms of discrimination and injustices and um catastrophe uh, in the world um i guess one reason to keep going is to tell yourself that me being anxious and me feeling pessimistic is not going to solve climate change um and, uh, and like she said like even a little bit is better yeah. than nothing at yeah. all and right? i feel a lot of this anxiety might also come from guilt like you said for all i was dissing you know action and how probably we should focus on that i feel i don't feel as anxious because i'm i feel that i'm constantly doing something at least mm. but my frustration comes from age is this absolute rigid i mean it's in your you move out of the house it's a heat wave mm. how else does one tell you that climate change is happening and then to day in and out just to try to tell convince people that it's real it's exhausting and then beyond that to make it fun and engaging and relatable <laughs> and and metropolitan friendly and digital user friendly it's a whole other this thing so i feel that is there and personally like you guys feel more hopeful when you look at solutions when i look at solutions most of these solutions are very i'm like oh but this is very small can't mm-hmm. be replicated money is a problem technology is a problem can't take it to this village can't take it to this country these third world countries can't do this all of that so i feel because my profession a good journalist needs to be extremely skeptical of things and start keep questioning them mm-hmm. so which takes away whatever little hope that you guys can also <laughs> harbor i have to give up on that also and then i feel like absolute not shit but like i feel um it's bad i genuinely believe that it's bad we are far beyond a point when it was too late 10 years ago mm-hmm. we are beyond that also so now these are massive policy actions that are required and for them to like today i was recording a video where i said why am i telling you that assam floods are climate change so that the next time you feel empathy for these flood victims or you feel rage for the system for putting them through this you know that it's climate change so you ask your leaders for it then it makes way to your election manifestos and speeches and i feel that is something that i can sort of enable a little bit i can probably 1% contribute to raising the consciousness of the masses and make climate change a political issue if that happens mm. something can happen how i practice like my life philosophy is do what you can that will help you feel better about there's nothing to be done true ya khao pyo khush raho that's all but not over khao yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so healthy khao pyo thoda plastic tetra pack kam kharido thoda meat mat khao ha ab apne apna khud ka bag le jao plastic mat lo shop se recycle karo even like the way that we talk about self care these days is so short term oriented uh even taking care of the climate is is eventually self care so um we have to sort of take care of ourselves and make ourselves feel better by taking care of the world around us okay so before we recorded this podcast i spoke to disha ravi as well 
for those of you who don't know disha is a young climate activist based in bangalore and she's also a member of fridays for future india a youth led global initiative for climate action and here are some bits from our conversation welcome disha thank you so much for joining me hi anushka thank you so much for having me firstly i want to ask you what is climate anxiety um i think eco anxiety or climate anxiety revolves around the fact that uh people are generally scared or anxious about how they will be impacted by impacted by the climate crisis mm-hmm. or this ex, this can extend to their loved ones their family and you know people honestly around the world as well uh and just how bad the situation in with the planet is getting so a lot of people's livelihood depends on the fact on various resources that can be impacted by the climate crisis and this can lead to stress or anxiety um or even other mental illnesses right and do you ever feel like you know what even is the point of you doing your little bit i mean in the sense that how do you keep yourself motivated to do your part or um you know make person sacrifices when you don't see it having a significant impact in the larger scheme of things okay fair question but i think a, a, and from experience a lot of people stop seeing it as a sacrifice at some point uh like i personally really enjoy taking the public transport and i don't see it as a a sacrifice also just because i've been used to it um and other like other things that i had to give up was just eating uh you know food that would come in plastic there's no way i can give up on it completely but to a large extent i have cut down uh you know consumption of food that's in packet and like excessive packaging and i don't see it as a sacrifice because often there are alternatives uh that you can find that are affordable and accessible if not people can really we've learned to move on to the next best thing like i personally used to love eating ice creams and now i you know freeze bananas and put peanut butter and mix things out of it and it i find it really fun personally and i know a lot of people have found workarounds to what they normally were used to um so a lot of people don't see it as a sacrifice when um they do things also um you know how like when we talk about systemic action if you notice like back in the 50s or 60s when climate crisis really started gaining steam or even early 2000s when we were in school the approach of um the statistics and data related to crime, climate crisis was always very future oriented right it was it was always about how the future generation won't have enough or the future generation will suffer because of what is being done now but do you think this outlook has created a laxness among the older generation when it comes to uh, making and implementing policies because they see the impact as being something that's far off i really do think so because i don't think a lot of uh, the older generation understand the urgency of the issue and when they don't understand how urgent and important it is they're not going to act so i think one thing we've noticed in general is the older generation loves applauding us 
And it's really concerning because we don't want them to praise us. In India, they don't praise anyone, but in other countries, they apparently do. I, we wouldn't know, but um, just the fact that this even happens is really concerning because we don't want that. We want them to take action. And they've gotten this whole, the young people will save our planet. Yeah. And we don't want that burden. That is not on us. It is not on us to save the planet because we didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like they're delegating the responsibility onto you, right? Like, it's your problem now. You deal with it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's a responsibility that's been pushed on us because of their inefficiency, um, which we've had to take because it's our present, honestly, and our future at stake. But... Um, it's really not our responsibility and pushing off of pushing off their responsibility on us is really unfair for so many reasons, especially because we are not going to have, yeah, we can mobilize. Yeah. We can do a lot of these things, but the decision-making power and authority still remains in the hands of really old people. And even, and sometimes even when we do come a voting age, we haven't been able to vote them out because sometimes there, are, there aren't any candidates that, you know, put the climate or environmental concerns as a priority. So yeah. um, it's a very complicated spectrum of no one really cares about the environment and they're just pushing it on us to, you know, somehow solve it. Like there's only so much we can do without their support. So do you, does that make you feel hopeless that the ones who can affect change are not doing it adequately? Um, I think I refuse to personally give in to climate doomism because mm-hmm. uh, data and scientists have pointed to the fact that we there is still time and there is still hope um, as long as we take drastic action. And I think that's what I choose to focus on. And I know a lot of people I work with also experience these emotions because there are still few wins in the climate movement. And you know, trees keep getting cut, uh, coals, sorry, mines keep getting dug. And it, it can seem like we're fighting a losing battle. Um, but we don't have the privilege to stop right now because stopping would only mean that the situation would get much, much worse. And it's not like what we're doing doesn't have impact. And one of my favorite examples was last year in the middle of the pandemic in India, they made amendments to the EIA and they, uh, you know, put out the draft EIA for objections and suggestions. And uh, for the first deadline that they had proposed, like two lakh people sent in objections. And I think we got one lakh of that just in one day before the deadline. And it was phenomenal. We had never organized that many people to come together for environmental anything, honestly. And all of this was digital because we were all uh, under lockdown. We couldn't go out. And, you know, then they extended the deadline. There were court cases that other people in the movement, in the larger environmental movement that they had filed for translation of the draft EIA and they had filed for postponement of the deadline. Um, It really did come together and the Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change, they did say that they'll take into consideration the objection and the suggestions and that doesn't mean they've actually taken it into consideration, but just the fact that they stopped 
temporarily was huge. I'd consider this a big win. Absolutely. Pretty happy about it. Um, So I think all of these essentially keep us wanting to ensure that we keep fighting. Lastly, I guess to just sum it up, I'd like to ask what helps you deal with feelings of climate anxiety? What keeps you going? Um, I think a large chunk of dealing with the frustration is just working with people who are um, also working on similar issues. They personally make me feel very, very hopeful because uh, they have a very, very deep love for our planet and for each other and for the community. And I think this is essentially what keeps me going. And I know this is something that helps other people as well. And I do believe that community care is very strong and very necessary. joining us guys on next week's episode i'll be joined by two other friends shravya and yash while shravya is a self-diagnosed social media addict yash is not on any social media platform and we'll be talking about you guessed it social media and also how it impacts our mental health so do stay tuned for that